ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Transcending the self. In this episode, Eckhart reflects on his signature teaching, awareness of the present moment. He says, when we focus on the here and now, our senses become heightened. We smell a familiar flower as if it were the very first time, or we reread a favorite book and understand it in a whole new way. Eckhart says, when we give any experience our full attention, that is the first step towards what he calls self-transcendence. He explains, we release our limited perceptions and connect with the aliveness of the universe. Welcome, everybody, in the present moment. Welcome to the present moment, in case you've been missing it. Easy to miss by too much thinking. So we begin by, I'm not going to call it a meditation. Let's put that word aside. There's nothing wrong with meditation, but I'm just not going to call this meditation. Let's begin by becoming aware of the present moment, more aware than you would normally be, or for some people the first time today, you're actually acknowledging the present moment. Where is it? Of course, you can't see it, but what you see, you can only see it in the present moment. So you can't see the present moment, but whatever you see happens in the present moment. Seeing is inseparable from the present moment. Now, I can't hear the present moment either, but you can only hear whatever you're hearing in the present moment. It's a prerequisite for hearing <laughs> and other sense perceptions too. They all happen in the present moment. They're inseparable from the present moment. So you cannot perceive the present moment, of course, but the entry point, a good entry point or portal into the present moment are sensory perceptions to become more acutely aware or for some people aware of something that had, they had been habitually missing most of their life, which is the aliveness of whatever it is that's around them that is being perceived now. And if you give your fullest attention to whatever it is you're perceiving, either your attention to one single thing that you're perceiving, hearing, seeing, touching, smelling, tasting, giving your fullest attention to one thing that you're perceiving, that's fine. 
to really look at something, to really listen to something, a sound, to really taste something, give your fullest attention, that's fine. And already it does something. I'll tell you in a second what it does. Or you give your attention to the totality of the present moment without singling out one thing. So you are aware of your sense perceptions. So right here and now, whatever it is you're seeing, the screen, this person, on me, on the screen. And of course, you're also aware of the, you're in the periphery of your vision, you see also wherever you are, the room is the, that's all around there. So you're aware of the totality of what you see, and you take it in. And then you might be hearing certain sounds, or maybe it's only the sound of my voice. You're aware of that. And it's perhaps not likely that you're aware at this moment of a particular smell, but maybe you're burning some incense, in which case you are, but maybe not, or maybe it's springtime and maybe you can smell the flowers, who knows? Whatever it is, that's what you're aware of now, the totality of sense perception in the present moment. Now that's already a step an important step to be able to do that frequently so that you don't continuously miss life, which is inseparable from now, because what happens in your mind is a, is a secondary life. It's an abstraction of the actual aliveness. So be aware, acutely aware of sense perceptions. That is already a step towards what I sometimes call self-transcendence, because as you're acutely aware of sense perceptions, which is the aliveness of the universe all around you, you are less aware or unaware of this entity that normally occupies, takes up most of your attention, which is the person that you are or think you are, the self, the entity, the narrative in your mind that you perhaps call my life or perhaps call it me and my life. So when you give your, this of course is an, is an abstraction, a narrative in your mind, it's fine. Uh, and the tendency is for this abstraction to absorb a huge part of your consciousness. It gobbles it up all the time because your life is so problematic, you have to continuously think about it for many people. And the more that happens to you, you, the more unhappy you are also. <laughs> the more anxious you are, the more depressed you are. All kinds of strange emotions continuously arise that are due to the unsatisfactory and unsatisfying nature of this entity, the self, which is the, your form identity, as I sometimes call it, the person which is a history. You have a personal history that makes up the person. And that absorbs people's attention. They are continuously uh, attempting to defend the, that sense of self, to add something to that sense of self, or even to get rid of something in that sense of self or exchange it for something else. It's a problematic, very frustrating way to live if you never even have a glimpse of self-transcendence. 
ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And the first glimpse and perhaps even more than glimpse of self-transcendence can easily be awareness of sense perceptions, because then you're no longer, your consciousness is no longer being absorbed by continuous compulsive thought processes. So it's a portal. Actually, you can feel a sense of, certain sense of peace descends when you, when you become aware of sense perceptions. Whether you're in your room, and perhaps more powerfully, when you're out in nature, wherever it may be in nature, whether it's your backyard or whether it's a park or whether it's a, the shore, the seashore or a forest or a mountain or a field, doesn't matter. Nature is very helpful. It helps you in that being aware. It makes it easy, easier for you to be aware of the present moment when you're out in nature. In the middle of a city, a little less easy because you're surrounded by human-made things, mind-made things, and continuously your thinking is being stimulated continuously by whatever you see around you. Nature does not think. Nature is, because there's a consciousness there that, that lives through every natural form, but those things, the animals and the trees, they are not uh, engaged in conceptual discursive thought and they don't have an identity based on thought. In other words, they don't have a self. They are prior to the arising of self. Humans are trapped in self unless they are awakening. And then our journey is to step beyond the, ultimately the illusion that that is who you really are to become free of that illusion. So the entry point is sense perception. So what, what am I aware of right now? Whatever it is, you don't have to label it. It's better not to label it. This unfortunately is not taught at school that you can look at things or listen to things and know something without calling it anything in your mind, either or out aloud. And there you are touching upon something that is a pure, the awareness you can perceive through thought or you can perceive through awareness, the non-conceptual knowing. And how often you can know something deeply without needing to find mental labels, thoughts about it. And you just, you know, part of the arising of presence or awareness is that increasingly 
that dimension of knowing comes into your life more and more. So you, you look at things, including even human beings, you can look at them, perceive them, or hear what they say, but you do not form any mental image about them, any conceptual image about who or what they are. And that deepens everything. It deepens your relationship with you, another human being. The moment you formulate concepts about who they are, a sense of separation arises naturally. Concepts limit things, reduce things to something that you think you can understand. And whatever concept you might have about another human being is only ever partially true, if that, and often not even that. In many cases, it's a projection of something in yourself. <laughs> so whatever concept you have is could be at best partially true. It's never the total truth because every human being is capable of change. It's not a fixed entity. So even the worst person that you would see now could, could awaken spiritually through usually for very unconscious people through suffering. Suddenly there's a shift. And But if you are attached to a conceptual reality that you've created for the other person, then you've put this other person in a prison and you put yourself in a prison, a mental prison. So it starts with a simple thing, being aware when you look at something, being aware that of what it is you're looking at and not needing to comment mentally. It's not needing to, a different way of knowing. You can look at a, a pebble, little beautiful, simple, smooth stone. If you look closely, you can see tiny sparkles here and there. So it's already engaged in a process of transformation. There's already a certain crystallization. It's a wonderful practice to have something like that and engage several senses. In this case, an important part of this is the sense of touch. Wow. And give that your attention. And you, and you can look and touch at the same time. A wonderful meditation. Use, you can use the mineral realm of our planet to take anything and see and sense the inherent aliveness of something that is habitually called inanimate, which means not alive. <laughs> there are two ways of finding out that this is not inanimate. One is by becoming a scientist, physics, and penetrate so deeply into this with whatever they use, uh, electro microscopes or whatever they use, you could penetrate so deeply that it's no longer it's no longer a pebble or a stone. It's swirling atoms and molecules with 99% empty space in between them. But this that this is no longer a stone or molecule, it's actually intensely alive. <laughs> and the other way of knowing it that intensely alive is to let go of all that and perceive it without conceptualization and sense its inherent aliveness. So anything like that can be enormously helpful in the awakening process. It's miraculous. The moment you call it something, 
you have closed the door to to any further deepening of your experience, the way you experience it. The moment it's a pebble, okay, the door is already closed. If you totally believe that now you know what it is, the door is closed. <laughs> you can still say, I can say it's a pebble, but I know that that's just, a, it's not ultimately what it is. And ultimately, nothing is actually separate from anything else. Therefore, as far as language and thought is concerned, any noun you use, a, a noun, pebble, table, tree, chair, flower, is actually a limitation because it's, it's, it is not a separate entity. The moment you use a noun, it gives you the delusion that there's a separate entity, separate from the rest of the totality of what is. So it's only a limit, we limit ourselves by creating so many nouns including for people, including for yourself. But to believe in nouns is to miss the vital important fact that everything is an intensely alive process. It's a happening, it's not a static thing. So this pebble is an alive process and you are on another scale, an intensely alive process of consciousness. You're not a, an entity as such, let's see. <laughs> So our ability to think has been enormously helpful in many ways for the development of civilization, etc. But it had a big downside to it. It has been an enormous step forward and it presented, but at the same time, an enormous challenge because the very power that arose in humans through thinking also became an enormous limitation. So they're now trapped in their, the power that came through them. That's us humans. They are trapped in that trap of thinking, excessive thinking, overthinking, deriving your that sense of identity from thinking. That needs to be transcended because otherwise the ego, because identification with thinking is becomes the ego the ego will become more and more destructive. So here we are perceiving this and make it into meditation if we wanted to use that word, can use anything, and then become aware how often you're actually perceiving something and you're not conceptualizing it. It does happen spontaneously, especially as you are awakening already spiritually. There, there are more and more instances when you perceive something and you know exactly what it is or you know exactly what you have to do, but you're not telling yourself anything about it. It's that deeper way of knowing, unitive knowing, you could call it. So to lose that is that this is what happened to humanity through the proliferation of the thinking faculty. We lost that dimension, which we once had naturally, the connectedness with the totality. And then we are now at a point of, for many humans, almost losing it completely. Losing it meaning being totally unaware of that dimension. And now we can regain it. It's an ancient myth paradise lost and paradise regained. 
But when you regain something, you regain it at a, with an added dimension at a deeper level because there's a knowing down before it was a natural. Humans in ancient cultures, they had a natural, natural perception that the world was animated, the world around them. So they, they interpret it as spirit presences that you can sense everywhere. The, the ancient Greeks had it. In India, they had it. The Romans had it. Every house had a spirit presence, they felt. Locations had spirit presences, objects. And although there might have been a slight misinterpretation, but there was a deep truth behind it that it's it's all alive. We're inhabiting a universe that is intensely alive. We are part of that aliveness, and that aliveness is consciousness taking form continuously and metamorphosis of form, continuous process. And then something happened. It was not only thinking eventually brought about technology and science. And then we learned about evolution. And uh, we learned that we are not the center of the universe, not in the conventional sense. In a much deeper sense, you could be described as the center of the universe. If you know yourself as consciousness that has no space, it's beyond time and space. So to know yourself as consciousness is to know yourself as the essence of all, all things. So gradually we began to believe that the, the, the entire world was interpreted as being, became dead. It was all a random development of life. Everything, there was no, no intelligence gradually. That was the belief when the theory of evolution came. Of course, there's a truth there. But the, the mistake was to see it as completely devoid of any purpose or meaning, completely devoid of purpose or meaning. Random process, pure chance that brings about, that was the belief. And that's an error. Evolution, of course, has a certain truth to it, but there is a something behind it. And intelligence inhabits every life form. And you know that by going deeply within yourself, not through outer examination of phenomena. And that's what we're about here. You go deeply within, and then you know yourself beyond conceptualization. And you know yourself right now. And this is the next step. Let's come back to our big, our, we started with sense perceptions and we are still sense perceptions. The next step is when you're very much aware of sense perceptions, you become aware of yourself as the perceiver. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. 
Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And that's, you sense that it's not a thought. And it's easier to sense it with the, the entire energy field of your body, the totality of you, not, not the physical you, but that which is beyond the physical you, is aware. This is, that is the, you're aware of yourself as this presence that inhabits every cell of your body. And that presence, of course, is the presence of consciousness. You become aware of yourself as the consciousness that makes all sense perception possible. You're simultaneously aware, right here and now, for example, you hear me, you're aware of that. Peripherally, you're aware of the totality of wherever you are, perhaps, yes. You're aware of that. And then you become aware of yourself not the historical person, not that self, you have become aware of that which is beyond all that. And that is a silent, very still, intensely alive presence. So the sense perceptions were the portal into that dimension, but then you go through that portal and then even sense perceptions recede a bit and become a secondary phenomenon, still beautiful, but they become a secondary phenomenon. And your primary attention is on yourself, but not the person, the consciousness, the stillness, the presence. And then you could even temporarily let go of sense perceptions. You can close your eyes, whatever it is. If, if let's say you were looking at a beautiful tree or you were looking at a beautiful sky, sense it and then become aware of the presence that is perceiving. And then you can even let go of that which is being perceived so that only the presence is left. And then you return to the world of perception. But you're still, in part, aware of that underlying presence. Simultaneously, you're in the sense-perceived dimension, and you are in the transcendent dimension, which is the essence of all spirituality. It's nothing else. And once you've, you sense that, you're, you're, the door is open, you know where it is. You don't have to study all kinds of scriptures anymore, although you might enjoy reading, say, oh, yes, yes, but you don't need to figure anything out anymore about spirituality. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> A big obstacle in spiritual people is trying to figure something out. 
one thing that's helpful to figure out is how the many ways in which you unconsciously stop yourself from that deeper realization, which is an unconscious process. That is something you can perhaps not so much figure out, but you can give some attention to that. How, how many times the mind takes you away from that and the egoic sense of self that is inseparable from the unobserved mind how many times it takes you away from that. That's good to know. But as far as the spiritual dimension is concerned itself, there's nothing to figure out as such, but sometimes pointers are helpful. These have been, when I speak about this, these are pointers. When I say, be aware of this, look at it, feel it, then be aware of who or what it is that is aware, that is beyond all concepts. And that is the essence of the present moment. The present moment is consciousness. And it's not only that, it's the essence of the present moment. It's the essence, it's consciousness. It's the essence of who you are. And it's not exaggeration to say, and it's the essence of the entire universe. Because you are a microcosm of the entire universe. The ultimate answers about the universe, you can find within yourself. And the ultimate answer is this. Many other insights can arise out of this deeper realization because it, it can inspire the thinking mind that thinking can become helpful and you can have all kinds of insights so this is the only thing or no thing that is of absolute importance in what you might call conventionally your life. There's no such thing, but let's just call it that. Why is there no such thing? Why do I say there's no such thing as your life? Why do I say you don't have a life? Because if you say, my life, or if you say, I have a life, you have created already a separation through conceptualization. You've created my life. There must be two to say, somebody says my. So there's one thing that you own or that you have. <laughs> or you say, to have life, to have a life, you created a duality of somebody who has a life. And then you believe that you can lose your life because you've created the duality of me and the life that I have. Now, if you think that you have a life, then you can also lose the life that you have, of course. <laughs> but who are you separate from life? It's nothing. <laughs> so you create an entity that doesn't even exist when you say, I have a life. This, so there would be you and the life. <laughs> but who are you without the life? There is no, no life apart from you or separate from you, which means there is no consciousness apart and separate from you. So the answer, of course, is the realization, I am life, I don't have a life. I am consciousness, I don't have consciousness. Now this consciousness will not indefinitely manifest through this form. It only temporarily manifests through this particular form. And then it withdraws from that particular form. And the moment it withdraws from that particular form, this particular form 
dissolves very quickly, a few days, a few weeks, depending on the outside temperature. And of course, if, if, if your brain gets damaged, the consciousness can no longer fully or not at all express itself through this form. It withdraws. And it happens with some illnesses that affect the brain, like Alzheimer, that they cause certain damage in the brain cells. So the brain is, loses its capacity to act as a transmitter or receiver of consciousness. And then it becomes what it ever, the consciousness manifests itself in a dysfunctional way. In the same way, if you damage a television set, then the, the picture will become distorted if you have a picture at all. The consciousness, whatever, cannot fully express itself anymore, but it's there, but it begins to withdraw. So in some people, it's seen as very tragic from an exclusively external point of view. When you see somebody close to you is beginning to lose their memory and they can no longer remember who they are and it's happening to them. It's very tragic when it happens from the, look at it from the outside. The process is a withdrawal. Consciousness, the, the vehicle, let's just call it that for a moment, is no longer capable of of transmitting the consciousness, so it withdraws gradually. So some people die before they die physically, not in a deeper spiritual sense, but it's a, for some it's a gradual withdrawal of the animating presence, the, the animating consciousness. But that which makes every tragedy and every disaster and every death into something that, yes, it is tragic on one level, undoubtedly. But if you go deeper, then you realize the, the tragedy and the suffering existed on this dimension. It does not affect that which is beyond form. The form is the physical and the psychological form of who you are. That is, of course, fleeting. It doesn't last long, and it's it's also very precarious. All kinds of things can happen to it. It's fragile. It's fleeting. It doesn't last. Impermanent, as the Buddha said. That's undoubtedly true, and that in itself means that ultimately every life ends in the in some kind of tragedy because you die <laughs> and everybody around you thinks it's a terrible tragedy and sometimes the tragedy doesn't happen when you die it already starts years before you die you lose certain faculties things happen to the body so there's the from that point of view I had a <laughs> I must have had some weird spiritual insight when I was 10, my father reminded me many years ago when he was still alive, he said, do you remember what you said to me when you were 10 years old? I said, no. He said, you said to me, every life is tragic. <laughs> oh, where did that come from? <laughs> I was 10 years old. I said, every life is tragic. I must have seen something there. And then the insight disappeared again. 
from an exclusively from our external one dimensional perspective, it is true. Because no matter what you achieve, either it is going to leave you or you are going to leave it. No matter who you live with, companions, partners, either you leave them or they leave you. <laughs> On this level, it's all, these are things that, the, this is the ephemeral nature of the world of form. So if you attach yourself, meaning attaching yourself to any form means ultimately you using it in your attempt to build up a sense, a lasting sense of identity, a sense of self, that to be attached means to use something or someone incorporated into your sense of self or who you are. That's the attachment. And that leads to suffering because whatever you attach yourself to is subject to decay, to use a somewhat brutal term. Whatever you attach yourself to is subject to dissolution, to decay, to loss. The Buddha's, all the essence of the Buddha's teaching, Jesus talked about it too. So Jesus talked about, as I mentioned a few times before, it's the realm where moss and rust consume and thieves break in and steal. Moss and rust, moss and rust consume. Everything gets consumed by time, you could say, <laughs> on this dimension. So attaching yourself is seeking an identity through it, one way or another. Now, to detach yourself without accessing the transcendent dimension means to deaden yourself. You say, okay, I'm not going to have attached myself to any human being anymore because it it's all leads to suffering. I've had several relationships that didn't work and they made me suffer terribly. I've had enough of this. I'm, I'm not going to allow any human being to get close to me anymore. <laughs> and then I will be saved from that suffering. <laughs> and so, yes, perhaps you will be saved from suffering, but there's a deeper suffering because you're deadening yourself to the aliveness of the world. So you cut yourself off from that. So the detachment could be a negative detachment in a negative sense, in, in which case it would might be much better to continue to be attached and suffer. At least you're still alive. <laughs> and so the detachment happens naturally. You don't have to really be concerned about, which is I've used in spiritual terminology, the, the importance of not attaching yourself. But I would say, do not, there's no need to pay too much attention to that or to attempt not to attach yourself because probably you will not succeed. <laughs> if your spiritual practice is, uh, important part of your spiritual practice is to, to get rid of attachments, wow, that's a very hard job. And if you can, you get rid of one, but without knowing it, you attach yourself to something else. If you say, I want to get rid of attachment to material things, physical things, I don't want anything to do anymore with possessions, cars and things like that. I've gone beyond that. Don't want any expensive things. I don't want to own anything. I don't want to have a house. I don't want to, okay, then uh, then you get a bicycle because you don't want to attach yourself to car because you could see that your ego was involved in owning a car. And then you're great. And yeah, you think you're free of attachment, 
because you're no longer attached to cars. You have risen above cars and you're on your bicycle. And that's fine. It's better for the environment and probably more healthier for your body. But you may not realize that you may have then attached yourself to a mental image of you as somebody who has gone beyond attachments and actually superior to anybody who's still driving around in their BMWs, much superior to all these people, but you might not even say it to yourself, but you feel very much superior to all that. So you exchange one for something else. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.